Do you want a watermelon? No, I'm alright. What about a puppy? Yeah, sure. Did you say you had nuts? Nuts. 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 Oh. nuts. Hello. We started. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> let's get straight to it. I guess. Wait, wait, wait. I got oh, let's it. not get straight to it. No, let's get straight, straight, straight to, straight to it. it. Mudbloods. I'm interested because I felt like you wanted to talk so much during watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're reserving yourself. So just to fill everyone else in, Copes didn't do the homework. Mm-hmm. So we've just watched... Just finished watching Mudbloods for him. Which is a documentary about uh, UCLA. Who's that? University of... University College of Los Angeles. Okay. Pretty prestigious, I think. I think. I think. It's a college in America. It's a, yeah, it's a university. And they formed a team for the World Quidditch Cup, or the Quidditch World Cup, in New York. So it documented their journey, the trials and tribulations of forming a team that everyone judged and going to the World Cup and seeing whatever happened, happened. Is that how you describe it? How I would describe it? Yeah, I guess. That's perhaps... I mean, in a nutshell, that's it. And they... I guess we can talk about it because everyone's done their homework, unlike me. If you haven't done your homework, go watch it now. Because it's not very long. Pause the podcast... An hour and a half later. It's on Netflix. And I, pro- I think we should probably prefer it in saying that if you're a female, so far, you have a 100% chance of not liking it. Because <laughs> 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 we both enjoyed it. But we're male. <laughs> and both our partners got probably watched five minutes of it before they thought, this is a load of <laughs> And I'm not watching it. I think Tammy yeah. secretly got into it. And I think she's going to be watching the beginning of the show to see how it all started. That's my... Tammy loved it. Out of 10. Out of, ten, uh, out of 100. It's the same as out of 10. Out of 100. What would you give it? Rotten Tomato score. 99, she says. Like, what? <laughs> 99? That's a bit high. Silence. Like 60, maybe. 60? That's yeah. pretty good. That's a pass. Yeah, entertaining. entertaining. And you and you didn't even it see the beginning. Converted me to want to go and play then. I don't think that's the the goal. Oh. Because did you finish it and think I've got to go and try this out? I probably won't. No, I probably won't. I probably won't either. But when I when I finished watching it the first time, I was like, I I've, I've got to give this a go. Yeah, I've got to try it out. It did, you know. I did then go to bed and it, it passed. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I mean there are teams in Perth. The universities yeah. here have it, and I. You know, I probably have the same view as the passerbyers in the documentary that they made fun of, like, that kind of made fun of it and thought it was ridiculous. I like that he also shared that opinion. Like, all throughout, he's like, let's remember, we've got a broomstick between our legs and, you know, we're all, we've flown across the country to play this. So, I, I, yeah, I think I, he's grounded. I, I did like the way that they did point out that they remember that they're, they're playing a sport that, to a point, is very young and made up. Mm-hmm. so they shouldn't take it too seriously but they are so passionate about it oh yeah and and I like to also bring Frisbee to ground level quite often and saying whenever I'm like annoyed at something or frustrated or like really competitive I've got to step back and say like it's a Frisbee <laughs> and 
<laughs> what are we even doing? Because I, yeah, I mean, I remember watch, when I was watching it at the, at the beginning, I was thinking this is stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly the same. I mean, uh, apart from that, as soon as I started watching the the film, I, I was immediately hooked on the documentary and wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking at the same time, this this Quidditch thing is just silly. But as I went on to it, I was just like, actually, no, this, they, they thought this out. I mean, there's a couple of things that I might come on to later which I would change about the sport. And I also looked into the history of it. Well, not the history, that's a strong word. I've looked into You've what's happened. You've researched this more than I thought. I've looked was. into it more, since, since <laughs> yeah. it's happened. Because, I mean, they got to the end and they uh, and they said about what they had plans for going forward. And I was like, oh, I want to see what actually, what actually happened. I mean, did they... How did, how did they actually go in the end? And it's, a lot of stuff's gone on. So but we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. But, but it's very much the tale of Frisbee in that it's a ridiculous thing and they kind of bond over the fact that uh, people think differently of them but they're willing to do it anyway because they feel that they are more themselves doing it. Yeah. And they're not also, embarrassed to do it. But you can also tell, like, the reason that... The, I mean, they all get so into it. The reason they keep on doing that is because everyone else around them is so into it. Hmm. I mean, it's a team sport where they're all 100% going for it. And that's that's great. And like the, the scene at the end is, I think it's beautiful. Like, here they are. They had this college experience. And at the end of the day, there's a room full of all their friends that they've made because of this one activity. And, like, they'll probably be friends forever. Like, yeah, they look pretty close unit. Isn't that, like, all you want? Just to find a group of people? That's exactly like you. I do remember when I was watching it, I watched it this time, I did kind of see parallels between that and Frisbee, like you said. But they were like doing the, the World Cup, and I mean, oh, that's all like, it feels like, oh, we win, we went to nationals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or any of the big tournaments I've been to, as you do. I mean, one, actually, one thing that did surprise me was the amount of spectators that came out to turn mm. out to see it. Because just on that team aspect, like, you know, you can, from my experience as well, like with the Happy Pig Club and everything, like, you'll become good mates with everything. Man, there's something special when you go to a tourney, even if it's just two days, and you're playing with them, staying with them, like smelling them. It's good smelling them, especially smelling them. Um, <laughs> especially when you stay in a hostel with <laughs> everyone there in the room. Yeah, it's great. But I know it's cool. You come back different. Eh? So, what did you think about a documentary as a whole? Uh, it's not not the, not in the top one. We've talked about Sugar Man. It's well, searching for Sugar okay, Man. So, so it's one. not searching for Sugar Man. Okay. No, no. I would put it in my top 10 for sure. I think if it makes you feel good, which it does. And it's an interesting story that you don't know about, which is cool. Like yeah. there's, there's a documentary about a Frisbee team that they just followed them while they were doing their trainings and going to the championships. And in the end, they didn't they didn't win it. I can't even remember what it's called. I think I've watched, I've watched something like that. Yeah. It was inspirational. I think I remember feeling like they were a bit a bit douchey. But whereas this this group, they're definitely not douchey. They're no, like they're the all... opposite of douchey. Uh, they're all nice people. Yeah, exactly, which makes you like root for them even more. I remember I remember watching when I when I watched it the first time. Like you know their chance. I think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Did you research that or No, I've just watched the film. That's twice. Great. <laughs> I want a chant like that. Did you certainly do end up? I mean, I know I did when I watched it. I was really rooting for like what was the home team, the mm-hmm. UCLA, the team they followed. And I mean, we'll probably, I guess we'll have to talk about the ending. And so, just if anyone hasn't watched it, stop now. But at the end, they get knocked out in the semi-final, 
against Middlebury. Bastard. And I think it's it's, it's actually <laughs> that they met someone who they played in the semi uh, in the pool play in the semis. But anyway, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I and it was set I, up for the perfect fantasy story. Like they lost to him in the. In the pool play, and then it, it was like back. you said it was like the mighty, mighty ducks. It is like the mighty ducks, exactly. They're <laughs> like, like this rough and tumble group of kids, and they're versing like this slick machine, like Team USA. Did you watch the mighty ducks? I've, I've seen bits of it. I think seen bits of it. I think. Well, yeah, but no, but this film that came out when I was just a film. It was a trilogy. Thank you very much. Okay, yeah, it was a trilogy. But when the first one came out, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was a bit too young to like be watched you know, well to like know what films are coming out mm-hmm. so by the time I got to that point it would be like on I TV because you're younger than me which I always forget <laughs> so you're probably right so yeah so when I was watching it it was like I it's would already catch been. like yeah I'd catch like the last 15 minutes on TV or something right yeah it's already a TV show yeah but oh man like I had complete merchandise like I could dress myself <laughs> completely you have a Mighty Ducks all kit Mighty, oh, not anymore I kept some of my favourite stuff <laughs> But uh, no, and then we've got like the rollerblades and the roller. St- I've still got my Mighty Ducks hockey stick, and uh, like we used to just play roller hockey in the front uh, front driveway with some mates, and it was the bit like complete inspiration. Loved it, loved it. And oh man, I feel like watching it again. But I, f- I almost don't feel like watching it because those movies that you remember being awesome aren't so awesome when you watch it again as a grown up. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yes, I'm sad to say yes. <laughs> I remember watching that again recently, and it was not at all what I remembered. The latest movie, we'll get onto that. That's a different story. That's amazing. that's not out yet. Ah, the one before the, Oh, the, what? the latest incarnation. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh my god. We we can watch. Have you seen the trailer for Turtles Two yet? Yeah. You've seen the trailer. Yeah. All right, what do you think? I think. It looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Meets Independence Day. Oh, Meets the Avengers. Well, I was kind of watching it and going, oh, yeah, there's turtles. Because <laughs> I remember, I think we briefly talked about this last episode, but mm. when Dee mentioned it, and she had a quick chuckle. Because, yeah, you can you can cut scenes from it, and they could be from the Turtles movie, or it could be from... Like, I'm sure they've secretly got scenes from the new Captain America and it's going to be in the turtles. <laughs> They've just shared stock film scenes. That's what I reckon. We haven't quite finished the film yet, so we borrowed some Yeah, exactly. That, I believe that used to happen in movies when they'd run out of budget. They would uh, purchase stock film of sci-fi things. So there's a little sci-fi library where they... Yeah, but I'm guessing you're talking at like time of when The Thing came out and stuff. Yeah, this is a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a big monster going through a city and therefore... It, that was That's the, the bad movie. guy. Yeah. No. So if... If you didn't do your homework, I think you should still do it because it's really good, even if you know what's going on. Just good, just for the montages and for the music. You love the montages. Oh my god, I love montages. Like super inspired. I love it. I, mean, I, I love watching it because as I, the more I watched it, the more like the more I got behind the team. And then by the end of it, I was there looking at it, thinking it's like, as I said, I thought the the, the bracket play they had was that that draw should have never happened the ref call yeah there's a ref call and I'm there sport. watching it going that's not right and then I'm realising that I'm probably taking it more seriously serious, than the people on TV and Tammy was on the edge of her seat like she doesn't really she's actually on a seat because she's going to get up but she was on the edge <laughs> of her seat regardless like because oh, some of it's like the, oh, I don't know say he's the main guy but like there's, there's two there's two people I'd like to talk about and that's the captain coach of the UCLA team mm-hmm 
and the organizer uh, I think he calls himself like the commissioner of ah, it, of the whole uh, thing right. yeah at the time I mean I think I think he's still in charge but I think he calls himself something else now I want to know what well, we'll get back definitely I want to, I want to <laughs> finish might. our sandwiches we no, might <laughs> we'll, we'll finish like, I want to know just briefly like because when you say like see a young movie star and you're like where are they now and like probably a drug lord or dead or something like that but like these people they're real people like where is this like commissioner of Quidditch and where is this like leader of the free movement in the documentary where are they now anyway your topic what are you, what are you I was going to say yeah the two people because like the coach captain he is great I love watching because he is so into it and I remember watching it and seeing a lot of how I used to think about ultimate well how I still do but the passion but yeah like I, I remember when I was at uni that's how I felt about ultimate mm-hmm. take it seriously and that moment when he's there waiting for the draws to come out for the competition and he's just refreshing the page over and over again I remember doing that like I'd get the draw or the schedule for a tournament a week before and I'd immediately pull it up and work out who we're playing in which order and see uh, I was watching that thinking that's yeah I, I completely empathise with that I, I've been there yep but I do remember, so I said this as we were watching it, I don't think you see him play. No, I, don't think he, I think he just enjoys the camaraderie and the pursuit and the challenges and I think he just likes it all. He must, yeah. Cause I, mean, I don't think he plays. I think he's just like, I mean, he must play Quidditch, obviously, but I reckon he's, at this point, he's trying to be more of a coach. Mm-hmm. But he's, I mean, he, but he's there, he organises the whole thing for that team. I wouldn't be surprised if he went on to like, be involved with the organisation of the World Cup. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Oh, well, look into that, yeah. Probably would. I mean, but yeah, he's, he's coming out, I watched, like, when he's running it, he's just thinking about so much about stuff for the team. And he, I mean, you can kind of tell, like, after the first five minutes, and, like, the first point when he's, I think he, they pull him up and incorrectly calling it real Quidditch or something. He says, oh yeah, it's muggle Quidditch. But after that, he barely mentions Harry Potter at all. Mm. For him, it is. Well, just, he says at the end that he's read the third book or something. Yeah, That's he's halfway the third book, but he's he is from that point onwards. He is just all in, serious on it. Mm-hmm. And I love it watching him just being like. It's the moment when he gets the, they get the uniforms delivered and he's putting out and he's, the line is it's not a joke anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's still quitting. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a little bit of a joke. But I still I see what you mean. You got uniforms. It feels real, and they're walking around and you're like, yeah, they look great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I remember mm-hmm. I got. Was at last mixed nets. So after playing for eleven years, I got my first uniform with my surname on it, and I put it on my profile picture on my, on Facebook. I was so proud of it. This is the first time like my name's on a jersey. And I don't care if it's for frisbee. I don't care about <laughs> what people think. And like I was so and people, I think what, what they're gonna wonder like what's what what sport is Mark excelling at? Like he's, <laughs> he's got his name on a jersey. That must be great. And like one of the comments was from a mate that said. Um, is that written in Sharpie? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is sublimated. This is professional. My, my I've made it. My first one was written in Sharpie. <laughs> oh, well, no, I've had many Sharpie ones too. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think you, I think a lot can be said taking it seriously with the uniform. Who was the other guy we talked about? The, the, the other guy is that I went to always the like the commissioner, the guy who organises the whole thing. And I know when I'm watching it and watching he's what he's going through, I. There was that point where, and it's where we kind of jumped in this evening, is where he's just been told that the venue wants the rest of their fee up front. Mm-hmm. When he was planning on paying it afterwards, when they've had the money back and they've been able to pay it and stuff. And at that point, it kind of, I kind of realised how 
I mean, I kind of, I suppose I kind of knew beforehand it wasn't a joke, but at that point I realised like he was really in it, and I immediately empathised with him and saw how like organising that kind. Of, he was organising a massive event. And, and he's it needed... probably personally invested in it too. Like, yeah. I'm sure he put his own money into it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. And the other thing is that, like, it, it was massive and he was taking it so seriously. And he manages to pull it off. And he would just been in, he must have been working so hard on that to get it to work. Do you reckon he has a job or that earned him money to be able to do it? Uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Maybe like professional student or something. Probably, I would guess he probably was a student here. Yeah. Like I loved his like his style. <laughs> it, it felt straight out of the Hunger Games kind of thing. I loved it. It was hat and stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's why we both like it. Is like because from my perspective, I think I'm realizing that all the things I've done, and especially during university, is what I'm trying to do is just find a group of people that I relate to. And that was the same in high school. Like my my friends are the people I relate to the most, and, and now afterwards, like the people that I hang out with, the people I relate to the most. And and you're coming from like an organising point of view, or like passionate to to lead something. So like we kind of resonate with those characters, which is, which might be why it's appealing to us. Well, yeah, I mean, they're the people who've found a group of people who accept them, but they're still kind of outsiders. I remember also taking like I still take frisbee as serious as i can i guess but uh, there was what's that it is a serious yeah yeah like (laughs) but there was a moment where i was 100 percent in and was reading uh like reading blogs tactics and books and like investigating uh fitness instructors that focus on ultimate fitness like that have programmed and i was like i'm going to be i think there's an appeal to like striving to be the number one person of something and when it's so much more attainable especially like, when it's more attainable with these yeah. guys they were there and they were looking at winning the world cup mm-hmm. at the time i mean i thought the world cup was a stretch to name it that because it was only had one team outside <laughs> america yeah i mean when it seems like because like i reckon i would never be on england's 15 at the world cup or mm-hmm. at the rugby world cup or playing for them in the cricket world cup but frisbee we got a chance of yeah I, you know, representing I, I, the country that's possible maybe it's slipping past us now right. but there's yeah. always masters you <laughs> 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 get a chance I, I, I applied to get onto the uh, GB under 23s team and yeah when I didn't get that one that was pretty much um, masters might be the next one under 23s because after our 23s it's open I'm like uh, no, no. that's not going to happen well yeah, you know, I, I, I would still try but... have, have I told you about the full contact Sudoku story there's this book called Full, Full Contact. Contact Sudoku. That's just in the name of the book. But oh, right. <laughs> it's this group of guys that the same. They wanted to represent Australia. They wanted to wear the baggy greens on something. And they realised that they had no sporting skill. They might have tried when they were younger, but they, they didn't go anywhere. And they decided they the easiest way to do it was to find a sport that no one really played. And they have a much higher chance of representing Australia and being the best in Australia. So they did some research around and found out that there was a Sudoku World Championships and Australia didn't have a team. So, I mean, I could be getting these facts wrong because I sped read through the book, but <laughs> the essence of it was they create, they had to, before they could submit a team, they had to technically qualify. So they had to hold regionals and, and qualifying tournaments. So they ran these tournaments, but the catch was they didn't really tell anyone about them. <laughs> so they were pretty much the only one that turned up and 
basically qualified. And so they purchased baggy greens and they got to represent Australia and go to this Sudoku championship overseas. And as they were flying over, one of the teammates uh, attempted his first ever Sudoku puzzle. <laughs> he had not done one yet. <laughs> so, oh, like, actually, that going well. Yeah, so they, they had zero thought or ambition of actually winning it. They were just there to represent Australia. So they're there on the plane flight. How many nines can I have in one square? That's it, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure they failed miserably, but they wrote a book and it's... Uh, they got there. Cool Aussie story of representing the country. It's something you said. Oh, there's loads of stories like that. Uh, James May did a man lab one where they did it with rock, paper, scissors. Where they... who they represent for that? GB. Really? Yeah. Well, they, they felt they were... They did pretty much the same thing. You're like, we want to represent GB or something. What can we? Oh, there's no... That just comes down to chance, right? Yeah, there's just no GB. Uh, oh, team. right. Did that have to qualify the same thing? Uh, I don't know how they qualify. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if they the same But they represented the country. Yeah, to a point. I mean, I doubt they were the best rock, paper, scissors players in the country. <laughs> Well, there's a lot how can it. you say that? How can you say you're the oh, best? The no, there's loads of stuff about. Does it come down to statistics? It. How do you become the best? Reading the player, that's and also there's there is a lot of game theory behind how you predict what they're going to have. Bullshit. But then it comes. Is down it, what is it like? Counting fists, not counting cards. Counting fists. Pretty much. Yeah. But then you have the whole double guessing. Like I think you're going to make a rock, so I'm going to do scissors. But then if you think that I'm going to think you're making a rock, so I'm going to do scissors, you'll do paper. Yeah. No, I just done that completely wrong. <laughs> but I get what you're saying I think what you think I think like, imagine how many levels that can go down but and it just goes in a circle over and over again I find that ridiculous <laughs> do you know about what? rock paper lizard Spock uh, no. is that four that's five five rock paper rock paper scissors, scissors lizard Spock so I got it wrong rock paper scissors lizard Spock and it works well yeah where's the lizard and as long as it's an odd number you can have it so that each uh Whatever selection you have, really loses to half of the other ones and wins to the half of the other ones. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the more you add in, the more random it gets. So rock paper scissors is actually quite an easily solvable game. Yeah. And this is everyone's probably turned off by this point, but still. So once you add five, which is lizard, uh, lizard and Spock, uh, I can't remember how they fit in, uh-huh. but basically they, it's, it's it's still the same idea. They yeah. beat half the other ones, lose half the other ones, but that happens to each one, so it doesn't. Uh, there's none that you can pick that are particularly biased but there's a variation that's um, 105 or 103 different things huh. I mean in theory you could do it with any odd, any odd number but there's there's I think it's meant to be a prop, the highest number of actual variation that has been played is with 100 and something 100 variations 100 different, <laughs> it'd 100 be the most anticlimactic game ever you'd go rock paper scissors lizard spock blah blah and then when you finally <laughs> did it it'd take you 30 seconds to think hmm well, also imagine you've got 103 different hand gestures. How many of them are going to be very similar? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we play horse and goggles. That's, <laughs> that's enough as it is. <laughs> and horse and goggles great because no one, no one who's just no one playing it for the first time believes we've just made it. <laughs> that's it. I did. Uh, did I tell you where horse and goggles came? Where I got it from? Uh, from? Maybe I don't know. I got it from. Uh, I went to summer camp in Wisconsin for a couple of years in 07, 08 as a counselor. And they did it there for things like, you were always at a boys' camp, you all had like, you know, 20 of you around the dinner table. And there's just like a dozen, two dozen dinner tables in the hall. And everyone gets a piece of pizza. And then there's two pieces left. 
and mm. every single boy wants those pizzas. So instead of fighting for it, it's just decided unanimously, we'll horse and Google for it. And you do this thing where you do, everyone randomly picks a number, you count the numbers, and then they add it up, and it goes around the circle, and whoever it lands on, pretty much, or whoever the next two people after it lands, they get the pieces. And so, like, at the end of dinner, when it's time to eat the leftovers, just randomly, you'll get a table of 20 kids stand up and yell, Eins, Weins, Giant, Horse and Gold, at the top of their lungs, <laughs> and they'll be cheering and, like, disappointment, and it's just amazing. And so, what I play, when I introduced it here, like, I'm not even sure if I'm doing it the same way I did it back there. Like, I've forgotten what the actual rules were, but it's just become house rules. So, <laughs> now it's like, whoever calls it starts, and... It goes around the circle, and as it counts down, it's the person after the count. So maybe if someone's listening, happened to go to camp with me, maybe you can tell me the real rules. If anyone um, knows the actual rules, yeah, of horse and go. But um, <laughs> I think we just stuck with something in there. But it's great because we do it at home all the time for like uh, doing anything that you don't want to do, like carpooling or any chore or something. If you don't want to do it, you're horse and go, and it's just whoever loses. And you're not even disappointed. It's like, oh, my turn. It's great. I know, I'm pretty bad at that. When I lose something like that, I'm like, eh, best two out for it. <laughs> but yeah, I love it when you get someone new and you play with them and they're like, what do you have to do? I like, oh, just put a number down. And then you count it and if it lands on them, they're like, this is bullshit. <laughs> There's no way. I, I, like the first time I played, that happens. Does that happen to you? Uh, yeah. The yeah. First, first time I played, it's just, no one even explained the rules to me. It was just make a number. Oh, Baxter, what do you know? <laughs> that actually happened as well. We did a virtual one with um, <laughs> with Freshy, me, Rice, and Freshy deciding who's going to carpool. And I just I sent a text saying, all right, tell me your number. I said, Rice, tell me your number. It starts with me, I'll add it up. And, well, me and Rice were in the same room, sorry, and Freshy was the one that texted in. And we, then, I swear to God, I did it honestly, and I showed Rice, and we did it. And it ended up being freshy. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he didn't believe us. Even though he said, yeah, that's cool. I'm pretty sure he thought it was rigged. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, from his perspective, it's like, hey, Copes, do you want a carpool? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's horse and Google. What's your number? Three. Okay, let me just check. You're driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, every single time there's someone new, they always seem to lose. I mean, more... More often than it's statistically adorable. <laughs> yeah, but the more people there are, the less chance you've got of doing it, which is the fantastic bit. So, I like it. We do it. We do it for our score reporting at Frisbee because I used to always do the score reporting. I was sick of it. So now we, after every game after the cheer, we get in another circle and do it. And I think the other team has no idea what we're doing. And there's always one person going, "Wait, what? What we're we doing?" Yeah, and yeah. they lose. <laughs> We've got a German on the team. Who we said we do Eins, Weins, Giants, and he's like, What's that? And I was like, Silly, it's German, like one, two, three. And he's like, No, it's not. <laughs> so he, I don't know, he said his version sounded pretty similar, but to him, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I can see where that's going from. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like someone going, All right, some, some foreigner coming in and saying, All right, I'll count. And they'd be like, tits number. You did not say one, two, three. Should we do some would you rathers? Yeah. So our friend had a would you rather and oh, I'm not entirely sure the, uh, why you would pick one or the other. But uh, I think that's the whole point of the question. <laughs> no, but they're both very weird. <laughs> would you rather go without bacon forever or go without cheese forever? Um, 
That's surprisingly hard. Yeah. Because you, first of all, you're like, well, I need bacon. I obviously need bacon. But then you think, but do that, I really? That means I couldn't have pizza. I couldn't yeah. have. Oh. So much stuff have cheese, has cheese in and it. Just recently, I've started getting on the cheese train. Like, we've definitely, like, when we've been um, uh, in Italy with family and, like, after dinner, the cheeses will come out. And, like, just the concept of having a massive block of Parmesan cheese. Like, have you had, like, solid Parmesan cheese, not the grated Parmesan cheese? I've had it grated from a solid block, but oh. I've never eaten it as a chunk. But just, like, do you like scooping the Parmesan cheese in your mouth? No, that sounds like a, a stupid idea because it's oh. so strong. Oh, no, it's, it is strong. Um, no, that one doesn't come up anything. Have you ever had cheese fondue? Yes. That's good. Have you ever had the omelette made of it at the end? Made of what? Had an omelette made out of the whatever's left at the end? No. So once Did we... add eggs to it? Yeah, so once when we went skiing, we went out to get a fondue. I think this, this was on my birthday, so a couple of years ago, but because it was my birthday, we went out for a big night. Got a fondue. My brother and his wife, they shared a cheese fondue. Basically, it's like, it's a big pot of melted cheese. And they have breads and stuff to dip in it. And, he, and they do that. And they, they've nearly finished. And they're both being pretty full. And I'm, you know, I've been, you know, the appetites and the beers were quite nice. So I was, I was fairly sozzled by this point. I quite generously said, oh, it's fine. I'll finish that for you. Finish it off. And then the chef comes out and he's like, how would you like your omelette done? And they're saying, no, 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 thank you. We don't want any omelette. And he went, no, no, no. The omelette comes out of the cheese. And, he, and we're all like, what? So he immediately just gets out, gets the cheese fondue pan with a little bit of cheese, you know, that bit crusty cheese at the bottom that's just been nicely grilled a bit. Yeah. Throws a couple of eggs in, mixes that up. And we're like, that's nice. Then he pulls out a massive bottle of Kirsch, which is a strong liqueur. No, it's not. It's, not. it's, even, it's a, straight, it's, it's a straight spirit. What? And he pours like half of that bottle in, and it. So, but he just he pours heaps of that in, just mixes it around, slaps, <laughs> pulls it out of the pan, is like, there you go. <laughs> and my brothers and yeah, they're just like, nah, still no. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, that sounds awesome. I'll have some of that. God, that knocked me sideways. <laughs> well, you don't normally get drunk from having an omelette. No, because you're thinking, well, like, well, most, first of all, I don't put stuff in my, I don't put beer in my omelette or something. But, but this was strong stuff, and I thought, oh, it'll have all cooked up. No, no, it was, it was still there. Did it taste more like alcohol or cheese? Uh, I honestly can't remember, but I would, uh, I'm pretty sure it would have tasted more like, it would have tasted quite like an omelette, but like. If you imagine like a liqueur chocolate version, mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. you get liqueur chocolates, they still taste like chocolate, mm-hmm. but With like you're also drinking junk. whiskey. Yeah. Whereas this was kind of the same idea. That sounds quite amazing. Oh, it was awesome. Mm. But it was like the one of the other times we had a fond a fondue when we were in France. They they um. So this listen talking. to you. This is what happens <laughs> when you live in United Kingdom. Like all these exotic countries are just next to you, like. I was in France, <laughs> in the Alps. Whereas in WA, where do you go? Exactly. Bali. Bali. I went to Bali for the weekend. <laughs> I just had, I just had this discussion with someone very recently. We should definitely get back to your story because it sounded a side check. Oh, a side check. Oh, it's not as good. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I was just, I was just um, mentioning this to a lady I work with, and I was saying how, and she was from Melbourne, and I was saying when you come here, like. It's not that you feel trapped, but there's only so much you can do 
here to get away. Mm. And that means either going south to the Margaret River region, going further south to Albany and Denmark, going north to like Coral Bay or to Ningaloo Reef. But those northern ones are like, mm, more. you need a bit more equipment to go. You need to be more of a camper. But you either go up or you go down. And that's about it. And you either see sand or you see trees. And there's nothing <laughs> exciting. But when you're over there, you can go, oh, I'll just go to the weekend to Paris. I've never been to Paris. But you could have. I could have. Yeah. It's not my fault you didn't. But, well, you, no, I've, I've <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like You can go anywhere in a weekend and go to some place where they don't speak your language and it'll just be an experience. And each weekend you could do something different. People love complaining about delayed flights. I hate it. Like, this is this is the officers, but no, this is uh, whatever airline insert airline name here. <laughs> hey, uh, engineers have found out that if we board the plane now, we will crash. So we've decided to wait an hour. We're really sorry. What? No way! Let's board the plane. Just massive complaint. Like they're not letting you go on because it's unsafe. And then they're going, "Hello, everyone. Um, we're just uh, thank you for all boarding. We're just going to make sure the wheels bolted on." <laughs> yeah. And everyone's going, "No, just take off. Come, Come on. on, we need to get home. How bad can it be? And I going, need to get back to work. Let's go." Yeah, these planes never crash. You do realize they don't crash because we do this stuff, <laughs> right? Oh, I would not want to work. I remember briefly thinking about working at the airport. Then I realized you would, it wouldn't be as glorious as you think it is. Like you'd see the bad side of everyone, unless you're a pilot. Maybe. In which case, it'd be great. Yeah. But otherwise, no. <laughs> but but I don't even think being a pilot is as good as I think of it in my mind. Because in my head, I just swan up, go to the bar, have a couple of martinis, and then just get on the <laughs> get on the board, you know? With the flight attendants yeah. holding your arm on the way. Yeah, yeah and it's going to be wonderful. Spend a nice night in a fancy hotel, possibly with the flight attendants or, you know. Maybe. All of them, yep. Even the well, no, not even the guys. Um, but and then you just fly back and you go hit the bar and then you get to go home and you have got your supercar and you have got your massive. Uh, I don't think it's like that. I don't think they get paid a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, do do they? They like the massive airliner ones get paid a bucket. Right. I'm not sure being a flight attendant would be the nicest thing. What you mean? You wouldn't like standing uh, up for 14 hours straight in high heels <laughs> at altitude dealing with vomiting children. I can't deal with standing in high heels in my room, let alone. No, but and you've got to do it with a smile. I, I often think this, like, I fantasize of, like, I'd love to get uh, qualified as a barista and just work and in the mornings make coffees for people and I'm just the guy that they chat with. And I make their coffees, and I last great. Like just there making the coffee. You have been to a coffee shop, right? But they're like getting slammed off their feet, like ordering yeah. coffee. People are complaining, it's not hot enough. When it's too hot, what is this? <laughs> and like too much, but not enough. And my experience in coffee shops. I mean, I don't drink coffee. I go there for you know, anything that isn't coffee. But they're still just like, oh hi, I'll have a you know whatever you want. I'll have a, a latte, and that's all you say to them. Yeah. And, when then, you, and then when they give it to you later, you go. Cheers. <laughs> There's no like romance at all in it. Yeah, you don't. Uh, especially in the city when everyone's just like, just give me my coffee. I've got to get to work. And that's it. You know, you're not seeing the the friendly customers. You're seeing the customers that are addicted to coffee and they haven't <laughs> had one since they've left home and they need it. And they need it now because they got a meeting in five minutes and they don't want to talk to you and they're probably still on their phone anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh do you know, I use. This is a vague interest, but you may you know how in Perth for some reason there seems to be an absolute abundance of Andrews. 
Everywhere I go, someone else is called Andrew. Uh-huh. And because that's of this... That's my middle name. Yeah, exactly. Like, as, a, as another Andrew where I work, there's another guy there with his middle name, Andrew, and there's another Andrew on my Happy Pig team. So not even just in the club, on the team I play with every week. And there's been many before you also. Yeah, they're everywhere. But because of that, when I order to go to a coffee shop, I don't give them Andrew as a name. I give mm. them my middle name, Robert. What is it? Robert. Hmm. And that, that's because it happened, like the one I go to in town... I went there so many times and gave them Andrew and then somebody before or after me would also be called Andrew. Or when they're calling out the names, they say Andrew and I go, yeah, mine. They say, no, not yours. So I started giving them Robert. And that worked for quite a long time. Yeah. But eventually, uh, it's happened. I think it's happened at least twice now where they've had a Rob or a Robert as well. And do you and reckon that's their middle name too? I've no idea. But I managed to walk away with some other guy's coffee. <laughs> got, kept, just, just got it and I, you know, I was in a rush. It just went off and I was it's, it wasn't. I mean, because I wasn't even drinking. I don't drink coffee, so I got myself a chai latte because apparently I'm a homosexual. But um, <laughs> hey, I'm not judging. Okay. <laughs> that's delicious. Um, so I, but I, you know, they just said Rob, so I grabbed it, said cheers, walked off, and I was like down the road, and I was just kind of thinking, this tastes pretty bitter for a, <laughs> a chai latte, and that's when I'm hearing them going, no, Robert, Robert, that's not yours. <laughs> yeah, you talking to me? So I go back and you back. I'm like, oh, sorry, that's. <laughs> I was at, I, you know, the Facebook memories come up. I had this one that I'd written five years ago or whatever. And I was in an ethical dilemma. And I guess I was trying to have peace of mind. And I'd gone through McDonald's, or Hungry Jack, sorry. And I'd just got my bag and went home. And I'd ordered, like, a standard Whopper meal. Because I'm cheap, just get whatever's the cheapest thing. And probably well, a large one. I have and, number one, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when I got home... No, maybe I parked. That, that, there was a decision that had to be made, right? And I looked in my bag and I had a drink. I had chips, but I had uh, like three burgers, like double the amount of my order, more than double. And I said, and I was very happy with the food that was in my bag. And I couldn't decide. I'm like, do I go inside and let them know? Or do I not? What would you, what would you rather? What would you do? Well, I've been screwed over by drive through so many times. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my friend's arguments. It's like, the amount of times they get you over, this is once where you get them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because of the amount of times where I've got home and gone and found out, like, oh, they missed out chips. Or they've done a lot worse than that as well. Mm-hmm. But you're just like, I mean, how hard can it be? And you're going, well, if you're going to go and order McDonald's at 11 o'clock on a Sunday night, you're not going to have, like, the the... You know, they're not going to have the pick of the bunch of staff in there. Mm-hmm. So maybe just accept what you get. Well, the one argument the friend was saying is that they won't be allowed to sell it to anyone else anyway. It will <clears> likely go on the bin. It would, yeah. So all you're doing is doing them a favour. But you're also going to eat three whole burgers, which is a more... <laughs> well, that is the other point that I did <laughs> eat the entire meal. <laughs> so you did eat it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't take it back at all. <laughs> you probably didn't even think twice about it. I love when you go through those type of places with a voucher for a... They used to do this for footy tipping, and I hope they've, they've cottoned on to this, so this isn't probably a trade secret anymore. But you used to get, in a footy tipping, if you got a perfect round, you got a free Whopper. Right? That, right. Hungry Jack's had a sponsorship. And you'd print out this voucher, now it's done online and stuff, but they'd print out this voucher, and you hand them a bit of paper, and you get a free voucher, free Whopper. But what we found out was that we could go to drive through or something, drive through especially, and we'd order at the window and say, oh, I've got a free voucher. They go, yep, sure. 
as you get through, you normally deal dealing with a different person, and they just give you the free whopper, and they forget to get the certificate <laughs> off you. And so there's been times where our one certificate has gotten us at least four or five whoppers. I think you've told me week. a story like this in the last episode. What was the last? Oh, really? Yeah. I might have. Oh, I forget. Subway. Subway. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 I'm seeing a theme here. Yes. <laughs> free food. That's the theme. One thing I wanted to talk to you about was um. Because I, I got my hair cut on a day, Monday, I don't know. Rookie move number one. That's what I was about to say. Continue. Because what, what, do you cut your own hair? Yep. Yeah. Why did so, you do that? <laughs> so, uh, I think I'm going to say something about that. Oh, I have a mate that, because we had, we, had we had a similar discussion at work and he said he has this... Uh, this lady that he goes to the time, this Asian lady. And when he goes there, she knows his name and gives him a coffee and like gives him a head massage. And he thinks I have this, this relationship, like this great thing. Like it's a, it's a mutual yeah. respect and like he loves going. It's like a date sort of thing, not a date, but <laughs> it's, it's just great for everyone. <laughs> and, and, uh, but the, the way I think, so probably when did I start? Probably we did a super budget holiday. Like, I'm not even, we stayed in hostels, we, we hiked half the time on hiking trails, like uh, got transport on super discount, like stayed at friends' places, it was like a cheap... That sounds awesome. Oh no, it was like one of the most fantastic, and we were in uni at the time, it was so cool that we had gone to like another country, and it felt like the other side of the world, New Zealand, but anyway, it was a really cool trip, and I think it was on there that we, I think it was there that we cut our hairs for the first time, so my hair was getting pretty long and... Rice cut mine. I think I cut his like at one of mates' place. And <laughs> what moment that was with me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I remember, that's, I remember doing it. And the, the mate's mum that was watching it, she was like, "What are you doing?" Because we just borrowed her like kitchen scissors. <laughs> and, like we're just out in the back lawn, like just a load of blunt scissors, with our <laughs> shirts off, like so we didn't make a mess on our clothes. <laughs> and uh, and then we started getting to the stage where we got home, and uh, I think Russ and I used to do each other's uh, like cut each other, and pretty good. Got, got pretty fancy, like. Cutting it a bit long on the top, a bit on the sides, you know, like a bit styled. And then eventually his girlfriend decided that my haircuts weren't good enough for him. Really? You, an untrained hairdresser? And look, I'm not saying I'm bitter about it, <laughs> but I thought I did a pretty good job. We were pretty happy about it. But anyway, that ended. And for a while I got him to do mine, but then, you know, we weren't doing each other. So it wasn't this trade-off anymore. So it wasn't really wasn't really worth it because why would he cut my hair if I'm not doing anything for him so then I volunteered another housemate and we started doing each other's hair and he had like clippers and that was awesome because we just shave it off and that was even better because you wouldn't have to cut your hair like you just wait longer because your hair was shorter and and his clippers are horrible like they're cheap not oiled and they just hurts do they just sheep shearers or something probably probably sheep shearers (laughs) but it was it was quite painful but we did each other's for a while and then his uh, girlfriend, now wife, decided that my haircuts weren't good enough for him. There's a bit of a pattern here. Like, I think it was yeah. me that wasn't good. <laughs> and so for a while, I convinced Nat to do cut my hair for a while. But then it became more of a burden. And then in the end, I, I found just at the right moment, I found this shaver that I can shave my own head with. I don't need no one to cut my hair. And it's waterproof. And I, it cost me like... 80 bucks is the best investment ever. And I can just shave my head by myself, clean it up, and every haircut I do, I'm saving. Like, how much was your haircut? 
That's what I was about to say. Was I was thinking, God, you're going to invest a lot in this, and you're going to spend less than two haircuts. I think mine cost me just on just shy of fifty bucks, but no that, includes, that includes getting my beard done as well. Okay. What little bit there is. Yeah. But that's what I was going to say. Because shaving beard is hard. I get it edged up. <laughs> no, I'm I mean, I, I don't. I'm trying to stay myself, but I get them to do all the edge. No. Yeah. This has come from a guy's neck beard and has no idea what to do with his beard. Like, I ever <laughs> asked my dad, like, what, like I get to the sideburn, like, Dad, what do I do? <laughs> like, I'm you just a man. Use a mirror and make and then the same. He didn't know either. <laughs> I remember when I, how I learned to shave, and I wouldn't really say I learned because basically I'd said to my dad, I think it's about time I shave properly because I've been using like a little electric razor and it wasn't very good, but that it was fine when I like had like free whiskers. Mm-hmm. but then when it got to the point I was like actually it's, yeah, need to do this properly and I'm pretty sure he had intended I mean like my, my dad was a great dad but I, I don't mean to take this away from him but I'm pretty sure he had intended to like teach me properly but when it actually got to the time of doing it he was like he had to leave for work early or something ah just the moment so yeah right. so I, I got woken up as my dad opened my bedroom door threw a razor and some shaving soap in my bed and just said hot water on cold water off I'll see you later oh is that a rule yeah. I didn't know that <laughs> No, <laughs> that was pretty much all I got taught for shaving. I was that's like, great. I think um, <laughs> that was a good tip. Oh yeah, it helps. And I went, yeah, I'll give it a go. I only cut myself three times. Oh, not... uh, but I haven't shaved for quite a while now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just remember that as being, yeah. I mean, I could have probably he felt bad too. Probably, well, yeah, it's just, but it's probably like I think his view mainly was, come on, you're not an idiot. You can, you can figure this out. You know, you use the sharp bit to cut the hairs off. How hard can it be? <laughs> I well, my first shavers was like uh, my granddad's. Old, it was like a a razor blade, so two sided razor blade, like that thin piece of metal that you slot on uh, and you screw it on, so you do. It, but it's like legs are sharp, and at the time, the only place you could get razors for it was uh, in like you had to go to barber shops. It's going to black market. Yeah, pretty much. The the shop I went to was this one razor shop in, you know, the, is it the England, you know, the old England, no, the, you know, like that Harry Potter alleyway in Perth? What's that? What's that? Uh, old London, London Court. Court. London, London Court. Court, that's it. There was a shop in there that sold it. And that just added to Mystique even more. It's like, here I've got my granddad's razor. Like, Did none you know? of my friends have this. And I had to go to Harry Potter land to get some <laughs> razors, like to purchase from a wizard. It was like going into the shop to buy your wand and your owl. Like, I had to have, go there to get it. Did you have to ask for like, can I speak to Reginald or something? <laughs> Just a secret. <laughs> I had to do the secret handshake. No, and, and so, and, but I get there and I'm like, um, I need a, need a razor. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a million razors. And he's like, which one do you want? I'm like, uh, the cheapest one. <laughs> So it's hardly the clientele you wanted, but I want one that fits. <laughs> but anyway, I was getting back to when I was getting my haircut done because I always oh, used to have. There was a couple of bits that came into this. One was when I was younger, we used to get our haircut at home because we lived in the middle of nowhere. So instead mm-hmm. of having us all going to the hair, you know, to the barber or whatever, once every six weeks or so, they'd come to us and do all. Do all oh that. wow! Come to the house to do the whole family. Yeah, is it a family friend or a business? No, it was, it was a it was a actual hairdresser who come around and do it. Oh, cool. Um, which was great, but it meant that when I went to like went away to uni at one point, like for the first year or so of uni, I was just not get my hair cut whilst I was at uni. That's why I had the long hair. Yeah, you're like, I'll oh, just wait until I get back. <laughs> but then, like by the time of third year, I was trying to get it a bit shorter, <laughs> and that was when I suddenly realised when I went into a bar, in, you know, into a bar to get my hair cut, and I said, "How do you want it done?" 
And I just literally went, I don't know. I've never done this <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I get to choose? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> but the thing was, I in such a sincere way, they said, how would you like it done? And I just said, shorter. The guy doing it was just like, well, I knew that, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah, no, I was really, uh, yeah, just, uh, I don't know, short on the sides and not short on the, I don't know. But I, like, Man, you're the hairdresser, are you yeah. Well, now, nowadays, whenever they ask a question, I'm like, they tell me to say, how do you want it done? And I'll say, like, I'll just do like a four on the sides or something in the top. And any any question they ask after that, the answer is always yes. Because I'm like, you're the guy that does this all the time. You know what works. Yeah. And especially when they like ask you a yes or no question, sometimes you say no, they kind of look at you and go, are you sure? Would you like me to make it a bit shorter? <laughs> nah, it's all right. <laughs> I, so, like life has been infinitely easier having a shaved head. Like I remember when uh, I was getting ready for my brother's wedding, and I was so nervous because like that was at a moment where like my housemates were cutting my hair, and like it, <laughs> it can look pretty scruffy at times. You can definitely miss things, and here I was. <laughs> like oh yeah, you get that. You have to do second cuttings like the next night when you find there's there's rogue hairs everywhere. <laughs> And, uh, and like the idea of being in photos that people look at for a long time, like I needed to be a little bit respectful. So I actually did like six months out a trial cut. I picked my hairdresser, it was this the uni hairdresser. And I said, look, I'm coming back to you in like five months for the wedding. This is the trial run, prove yourself. <laughs> and so we got it looking good and was like, cool. All right. Remember this date. We're doing this again. So she made notes to do it again. I was so paranoid because I hadn't yeah. had my hair cut for so long. And I'm sure she would just be like, you say, remember this. And she'd just go, I'm no. like, no. no, but she did write notes down. She's like, I'm the one that so it, was, it was quite funny. But now it's just like, if I'm worried about, well, it's like, shave it. And if people, people get used to looking at you, whatever you're wearing, whatever you've got. So like, yeah, right. if you've seen your short hair, then it doesn't matter what it looks like. When I walk in now, I'm just like, but what if it's not long enough? <laughs> what if I haven't wasted long enough? Because I, I never remember when I last got it cut. I yep. just kind of wait until I think, oh, maybe it's that time. time yeah. <laughs> and then I walk in going, but it's still short. <laughs> what spot? But as soon as they do the first raise, you know, just get first, grrr, that's it. And you see a big chunk fall away. You go, yes, it's time. It's just... <laughs> what, what did your friends think of your hair? <laughs> I think they all hated it. Mm-hmm. Apart from, well, no. Did you have many friends? Yeah, I, yeah, I had friends. <laughs> Tammy used to love it and would hate Really? It. She was paranoid about me cutting it did off. Did you have a ponytail or was it out? Like, it was out. Do you, want, hair, to, do you that, want to see it when it was at its longest? Sure. Because I just loaded up a picture of yeah, it. Yeah, that photo that you that I, I've seen looked quite, it looked luscious. That's it at its longest. That is amazing. Actually, no, that's not even, it used to get longer than that. Is that Tammy as well? That's Tammy though. But they used to get down to you like that. That is great. You look like a like a metal rock start. Like a, oh yeah, I, I used to at one point. At, at I guess that, you did play music, really. Yeah, at its absolute longest, I had a bit, little bit of a young Metallica thing going on. Huh. Probably flattering myself to say that, but that's kind of the length it got to. No, that looks like respectable. I feel. Yeah, it got to, it got to, it got to that kind of length. But by the point, it was just so unwieldy. <laughs> Couldn't do anything with it. No, I think I think you had a style going. Yeah. It took ages to get to that, and then it just slowly got shorter and shorter as I was going through uni until I suddenly thought, "I need a job." <laughs> I remember pretty much like having zero female interest all through high school, <laughs> and things magically turning around after <laughs> I cut my hair. <laughs> not not to great extent, but just like, why do you? 
You went from none to two. You, you know my name? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to me? What's going on? Um, I remember it's a friend... It's that, isn't it? You think, oh, I look great with this long hair. No. You really don't. I didn't. And everyone apparently made fun of me. And everyone does, everyone, everyone does that when they're, when they're young. You think, oh, yeah, I know. I, I used to always dress the way I wanted to. Look at pictures. What was I doing? <laughs> Everything I did was wrong. I remember two distinctive stories, which made me realise it was a good idea to get rid of it. And one... <laughs> One was a mate of mine that, uh, you know, going, we're great mates. He, he lives in Canada now, unfortunately. But um, while I was here, we hung out all the time. We played frisbee and we used to kite surf together. But when um had the long hair, we didn't really, didn't really, we didn't really know each other. But once I cut my hair, like, that's when things started changing. Like, we started hanging out more. And until, like, a year later, I didn't realize that he said to me, like, well, I'll be honest, when you had the long hair... I uh, thought you were a bit weird. <laughs> I kind of avoided you. When you when you cut it, uh, there was a bit of part of me that said, this is the same person that had the long hair. <laughs> so, have I told you that before? I feel like... No, that's that, oh, okay. me. And, and the other one was when I was at um, at uni because I had like, the long hair for the first couple of years and I studied computer game programming so I fit right in. And I remember the day after I shaved because I, when I shaved, I shaved like really short like as short as I could I got the razor dad got the razor out and tried to get it to baby bum smooth which is pretty hard actually it's baby's bums aren't that smooth though no well neither was my head I can assure you oh okay (laughs) and I'd walk down the corridor and my classmates my friends didn't even recognise me (laughs) it's like I'm here guys it was kind of like the opposite I did it progressively so that's why no one really uh, knows yeah so because I couldn't bring myself to cut it all off at once which in hindsight is totally what I should have done no, I think you're much smarter it sounds like you had things more under control than me no you def- I reckon if you've got long hair and you're going to go short because going like the only reason you would have kind of long hair is because you're going for long hair mm-hmm. yeah, I reckon after that it's like I should definitely just have gone buzz well, cut or something I feel like I was almost the same as you and like I'm not sure why I grew it long there wasn't any. There wasn't any part of me that said I want to have a ponytail. Well, for me, it was I wanted long hair, not a ponytail. Okay. Because I was, uh, you know, I was way into my metal and stuff. Okay. Well, that makes it. Yeah, yeah. So. Huh. But that, that was back when I was so much more militant about my music as well. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be very much. This is the music I like. Anyone who likes anything else is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> They're just wrong. And I'm not like that so much anymore. I try. Now I'm like, oh, I'll give everything a go. To, within reason, I won't listen to some stuff because there's a lot of crap out there. But yeah, I think back then it definitely defined me as a person a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, having said all that, I agree. Like, I probably wouldn't have changed anything though because it makes you who you are. So yeah, I think almost like the Mudblood movie, it's not like, <laughs> we're just bringing this around for we might, we might, we might get back this to is, the moment, yeah, yeah, this is this is tying it up in a neat little bow. It's not the act of riding on the boomstick. It's not the act of having long hair that you enjoy. It's just the principle. Like the reason <laughs> they loved it was because people didn't get it. Well, they're, they're doing their they're thing. Yeah. Like, and well, I we... think that was the same with the long hair though. Like, yeah. I like that no one else was doing it. And it's like, it's, whatever. I'm just doing my thing. And yeah. I like it. Uh, and I think when I was that, when, yeah, when you're that age, that's the best age to be doing that kind of thing as well. Because the older you get, the harder it is to do whatever you want. Yeah, well, you have more sorts of, you know, you have to be grown up and crap. Well, they say you have to. I it's, say it's, bullshit. I still say it's optional, yeah. Do you want to do another Would You Rather? 
Yeah, I've got one. Okay, you go for it. And I'm feeling this is going to be more like one of your ones. <laughs> but it is, would you rather pay a million dollars to have sex with anyone you choose, or would you rather be paid a million dollars to have sex with anyone I choose? Did you choose? Yeah, so it's, it's either you pay a million dollars and you get to choose the person, and it can be anyone, or you can get paid a million dollars, you just have to have sex with the person that I say you do. And I won't tell you who it is beforehand. And I know the type of person you are. <laughs> I'm not going to take your life. Because <laughs> what if you were just a good mate <laughs> and you organised like a, a model and, like, and here it is. I don't think that, I think in this case, I would, uh, even a good mate would be like, dude, you're getting a million dollars. Unless I'm getting... And I'm going to make like, you earn yeah. this. <laughs> huh. <laughs> well, this is, this is an interesting story because... I don't know. Have you been offered a million dollars? No, but not me. But I'm not sure. I don't remember who I heard this story from. But it was like a friend of a friend. But that's a real story. Not a friend of a friend of a friend. This was like a friend of mine that knew someone. So it existed. What happened was it was them. They said they was them. It was them. Um, And there's some scenario where... They, their identity is completely safe because I can't even remember the whole story. But they met, <laughs> they met someone that, I guess, out or something. It was this lady that was an like older, professionally like career driven woman that had no time for relationships, but she wanted a physical relationship with someone, and she was willing to pay this person, pay a person for this. And so she approached this young man and said, "This is the deal. It's like a contract." These are the things I'll. This is the things I want from you, and in return, I will pay you. I will give you gifts, and the gifts became quite extravagant. There was talk. I think there was talk about a car or something. But there was like holidays. Like he could basically not work, and he'd he'd be well funded. For All he stuff. had to be was a red boy. Yes, which actually that's not no. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> no, yeah, and just a, a call up, and and that's all. He was a he had a service, and and he did it. For quite a while. Was she hot? No, I, I think this is the idea. Uh, this is the thing. Like, she, well, she's just older, and you don't. That's, really... that's not saying she isn't hot. Well, no, but I don't think that was a, a word used to describe her. Oh, but so you're saying cougar? Is that what you mean? I, I guess, but <laughs> I guess if she didn't have trouble finding people, this this kind of offer wouldn't be on the table. You know what I mean? So, right, okay. She could just find anyone, but. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was basically this question. He chose the money, which I didn't think it was a like if you were doing your own, if you were single and and no one had to know, and a million dollars. If it was so, yeah, well, yeah, no, it's just I would I'll give you a million dollars, but you have to have sleep with a person you to be determined by me. Well, look, there's a very easy answer to this. Well, it's a yes or no questions. That's a very easy answer. God, I can't choose neither, can I? No, you can't choose neither. Because uh, no. the, no, is, you either, you either the have thing is, the thing is, I'm going to be a millionaire, and I'm very happy in my situation. So, and all you have, to I need is, neither. All you have to do is sleep with a Thai lady boy. <laughs> well, look, I, it's <laughs> it's in my Italian blood not to give away money for no reason. I couldn't. <laughs> no reason. It I could be anyone. A million dollars. No, I wouldn't need. Like, that's just silly. 
I wouldn't pay a million dollars. No, I would, I'd be willing. I'd be taking on. I don't even care. I'd be willing to take on whatever gamble you're going to give me. Give me the million dollars. So. But what I was curious to find out was how much it would cost to get you. Or as in, have you heard the story that uh, about? There's a story about this about Winston Churchill, where he said to someone in who was pouring, um, pouring coffee, he said to him, "My dear." Would you have sex with me for a million pounds? And she had, and she said, "Oof, I'm awfully flattered, Mr. Churchill." But um, yeah, I mean, I guess I would, yes. And then he went, "Okay," he walked off. Yeah, you know, she kind of laughed it off, so it was a joke. And then when she came back like, to pour him the next coffee, he said, "My dear, would you have sex with me for one pound?" And she said, "Mr. Churchill, what kind of woman do you think I am?" <laughs> and he said, "We already know the kind of woman you are." Now we are just negotiating a price. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so I want to know, how much would it cost <laughs> to get you to have sex with anyone that I choose? <laughs> how much would it co- well, I think a million dollars is obviously an appealing number. So, But you, do you not think that you would say... We had an... Sorry. No, do you not think you could, could get... You know, if, if there's the option of getting more money out of it, or because... Ah, see, I'm not I a mean, good negotiator. I should have said, do it for 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, like then, what about a hundred thousand dollars? That's still a lot of money. Nah, you wouldn't do it for that. Two hundred thousand. This is the thing. Am I in a relationship, yeah. or is it current circumstances, or? Is I'm, it going, a I'm just going to say we, let's let's assume that we've got Nat's approval for this. She's okay with this. Ah, okay. She's got cut. Shall we say? Oh, okay. She's invested. <laughs> I've, I've already interest. offered her the ten mil. <laughs> <laughs> she gets ten mil regardless of my decision. Yeah. She gets the ten million. You get two two dollars. Wow. Um, I've got a very interesting story about this. Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear it. What would be my cost? Wouldn't be less than a hundred thousand because that's like. But that's still a huge amount of money. Like I'm pretty sure if someone just gave me fifty thousand dollars, I'd still be like, "What do I do with this money? I don't know." But I'll probably spend it in two weeks, but. A prostitute allowed to say no to a service. I don't know. It depends. Where, uh, in, in in places where it's legal, yeah. If there's this type of person that says, "I want to call you and like I want you sort of your service," and they rock up and they're like, "Oh, what?" I did not sign up for this. Weirdly, uh, I have. I'm pretty sure it was a radio. It might have been a podcast. No, it wasn't a podcast. It might have been a TV show or something about this where. They were basically going and talking to to women in the red light district in Amsterdam, and they were basically saying like, "How does it work?" And they say, "Oh, we bring them in." But they were kind of like, "We turn them away if they're dirty or something." Mm-hmm. But I don't think they would turn away someone just because of who they are, unless oh, I don't know. Hmm. The, the interesting <laughs> story I was going to tell you about was is about this pricing. Like, how much would you pay? And it was basically we were mates, and we went down for like, had this annual trip. Down, down south and um, we had this <laughs> tray we had baked potato no baked what's it called uh, like, what's the tray when you have like creamy potato in a, in a bake oven cream, uh, potato potato bake potato that's bake. the one it's potato you, you, it's bake you bake some potatoes yeah, in yeah. cheesy sauce <laughs> and all that stuff and, uh, you see. and you this see. potato bake had stayed out overnight on the stove and so it was pretty pretty Gluggy the next day. Fairly stodgy the, by that All point. the fat yeah. had like solidified, and I don't know. The question started getting bantered around. Like, it's still good. <laughs> how much would you eat it for? 
And how much did they have to pay you to eat it? What? Not me. This is, <laughs> this is why it's great to talk about this story. It wasn't me that decided to take this offer up. One of our mates did. And then the question came not how much would you do it? Like how little would you do it for? Like, would you do it for a thousand dollars? Hell yes, you would. Like you'd eat anything. There was quite, let me say there's quite a lot of potato bake left. Like you probably wouldn't eat it normally in the meal. And there's like, would you do it for $500? Yeah, yeah. Would you do it for $100? And we'd all agree because there's lots of us that we could just pull the money together and pay. <laughs> and it ended up coming down, like everyone had different amounts. Like someone was going to pay $3, someone was going to pay $7, like <laughs> rubbish amount. But it worked out to be, as a collective, we could pay like 50, 70 bucks. It's the top of my head if I remember. <laughs> and he took it on and he ate it and he started eating it. And there's video somewhere on someone's computer of him having like the last 20 mouthfuls, like every mouthful and oh. he's grimacing and he's forcing every single one. And there's a moment where pretty sure he vomits into his mouth and has to swallow <laughs> it down and just keep going. And at the end, like he is crook as a dog. And the only thing that's getting him through is like the 70 bucks or whatever it is. <laughs> and who are you waving it in front of his face at this point? Look, I'll be honest, I haven't paid in my amount. <laughs> That's outstanding. I don't, think, I don't think many people did. So I got yeah, so, like, so, Oh, here's your t- 10 bucks. Yeah, so, you know, he's out of the country now. So if he ever comes back, I guess I owe him the money. <laughs> but um, I, I, I felt regret for him because um, it did not look pleasurable. So this question... $70 is definitely too low. <laughs> $70. I'd say... Half a million. Half a million? Half a million can get you a house. House is probably the biggest investment you've got in your life. But then I... What if I then turned around and said, I'll give you 450000 So you're taking the piss. <laughs> that 50000 now, that's... Yeah, I've dropped down to 90% okay, of that. Okay, 450 I'll do. Are you still doing that? What about 400? Mm. I, st- I still, I, I still a house. Not I see nice what you're doing. House. And 400 is the lowest. I'm not... Next one like, you say, the next one you say, I'm going to say no. What, 399? Not going to do it. You're not going to do it for $1 less. <laughs> <laughs> Such an arbitrary amount. How many times are we allowed to do the back and forth negotiation? <laughs> you haven't done any back yet. Infant? <laughs> Uh, it doesn't work if I just keep them going down. <laughs> yep. I see where this is going, but I'm going to put the line and say 400,000. 400,000. What's I, your number? What's my number? Yeah. Uh, well, usually you buy a drink, buy a guy a drink before you ask him his number. <laughs> what's your number? I don't, I don't know. I don't have much. I would. I, well, now the problem is because I'm going to give a number, I'm giving a, basically an empirical measurement of how much more of a slut I am than you are. <laughs> right, I'll be happy with anything. Yeah. I'd pay you. <laughs> Just please, is anyone? How much of a slut I am. But I don't know. Oh, how much would I... Uh, ha- I mean, how, who, who are we having sex with is the question. I'm not telling you. Yeah, so it's your, again, it's you choosing, but you're not going to tell me. Exactly. You've got someone in mind. But I don't know, because what if I say I'm going to give all the money to charity if I do it? Would you then pick someone nicer so that it's not bad? No, I'd say that was no. a stupid decision. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be like, you're going to do this while, you're going to do this in a bath of baked beans whilst you're doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After uh, running a marathon, you know. <laughs> oh, 
How much would I do? I mean, I would say a hundred thousand would be mine. Really, hundred? Well, yeah, but I a hundred thousand dollars is kind of the money that I've never had, just dropped on me at one point. Well, I'm gonna say neither have I. <laughs> I mean, like I reckon if someone has, like here is a hundred thousand dollars on the table, and all you have to do is go and have sex with a person I in guess, that room right there. I guess what you could do is just get insanely drunk straight after, and you'd forget it. Get insanely drunk straight before, but then you go. How know. like when you get drunk? Because I've really blacked out and like maybe a couple of times and those times were weird enough as it was but again so like punching you in the face but this is something we need to remedy (laughs) how far back can the blackout work before you started drinking like can you forget drinking entirely can you forget the entire day that happened uh in my in my experience no in my experience is pretty much you are going on your night out and it's going great and then suddenly you wake up in bed Right, so you you're you're having a, you've remembered having a couple of drinks. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It, it's, it takes a point to get. I mean, I I wouldn't know. I've never. Well, yeah, and that, that's my experience of it. Is that you can only get so drunk mm-hmm. that you don't forget things that happened before. Then, so I don't think your plan would work. No, you just feel even worse. No, so when you go and. <laughs> so, so when you when I've got that nice hundred thousand dollars on the table, you, there's someone behind that behind that door, and I want you to just go and to do that. Look, I'm a free loving man. Every person is beautiful in their own right. Uh, yeah, there's only yeah, so far you yeah. say that. Yeah. Right, you, you can you can t- cope with that so far, but once they're missing a leg, <laughs> no, they're they're also. They're, I suppose yeah, maybe, in, maybe maybe I was quick to judge. Yeah. They're just as entitled to half a person as anyone else. What about if they haven't got a face? Have they got a head? Well, yeah, they've got a head, but it's just kind of a big, like a, a big blur that's just kind of... Oh, blur, I'd that's like to great. say looking at you, but... You wouldn't know. Yeah. It's even better. I suppose in that case, you could just turn them around the other way. <laughs> that would solve that. That would solve it for most people, actually. So my price has just gone down. <laughs> if I can turn them around... Look, look, the price of a haircut. If I cut my hair at the same time... <laughs> I'm going to take. Oh, well, that one came full circle, unexpectedly. <laughs> right, we should, uh, we should probably wrap this up. Cool. Cool. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> Howdy!